and welcome back to another episode of Lost It Down, the newest member of Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, Division of Snapmare Productions. It is a Wally and David episode alone today, as you can tell by me starting it off. Steven will be back with us on Monday. It's a shame we're missing out. We have a fun fantasy dynasty league matchup, him and I, in the quarterfinals. I really wanted a mayor's really? bet. Yeah, I wanted a mayor's bet with him. You remember back in the day where we did the Impossible Whopper Super Bowl bet, and I had to eat an Impossible Whopper for a week straight? That backfired because I kind of enjoyed it. I'm a sick, like, twisted loser. <laughs> but I wanted to do something fun like that with him, and now we can't. So thanks a lot, Steven. Just kidding. We love you. We'll see you Monday. But, David, how are you doing? I've got a few things to, to talk about. So I have to ask you first, before I start droning on, we have to remind uh, people there's two of us here. Buddy, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question because I don't even remember, like, what I did in the last couple days, let alone today. So for for the time being, I'm great. Fantastic. That's all we can ask for because we need that energy. I, I'll start. What do we want to start with, the good or the bad? Let's start with the bad. We gotta end. You gotta you gotta wrap up with the good, right? I mean, like that's, that's good. And this is like an Oreo good bad too, because it started great. I went to see my family in Cincinnati for a Christmas, and it was unbelievable. I haven't seen them in a while. Some of my little cousins are growing up before my eyes, and I almost was sentimental watching it. Where you get sad, and you're like ready to like walk on the street and be like, "Who's ready to reproduce with me? We need to start making kids." It was one of those biological moments where I'm just like. They're all so cute. I need one now. And I'm high on life, happy. I'm coming back home on Saturday night to go and work the Browns game on Sunday morning. We got nasty storms on Saturday. And I was driving back from Cincinnati. And around Columbus, my car lost control, hydroplaning. What? Yeah. So I found out you're not supposed to have cruise control on which you're a car guy, I'm sure you have a better idea than me. You're not supposed to have cruise control on in bad conditions. And that's something that makes a lot of sense when you say it out loud, that you don't want the car to keep going in bad conditions where you can't control it. So that makes sense. But in your head, I was like, I want to take another thing out of my control. I'm going to just focus on controlling the car. It's going to sit, was it 68 miles an hour, Yamir Yager? And it started softly fishtailing right in your natural responses to correct it. So I went from the far right lane on I-71 and I did a full spin and went into the guardrail on the left side, hit the driver's side front. And David, I've been in an accident before when I was younger, when I was a stupid kid and it was full on me. And it was one of those, when you walk away, where you're like, oh man, my family's going to kill me. Like I, I was so stupid. This was one where while it was happening, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I didn't do, I wasn't speeding. I wasn't flying. And then you, you're facing incoming traffic for that like 10th of a second. Man, dude, it was, it cooled the, the, the blood in my veins. It was the longest probably, you've got to imagine, probably three seconds for all that to happen. But it felt like 20. I was literally just white knuckling it. God, I, like I'm still to this day, I'm still so thankful and grateful to even be here right now it was i can't believe you didn't tell me that before i haven't told pretty much anybody this kind of the only people i told was the the buddies here that i'm with in my work because they had to know but i wasn't ready to talk about it because i thought it was no big deal if anything i was embarrassed at first no one likes to say you got in an accident because 
you know, you're like, I'm a, I'm a good driver and I believe I am, but like, you're embarrassed when it happens. But then I woke up the next day and that like part of me was completely gone where I was just like, Oh my God, like, dude, that was, I really was scared more the day after where I'm like, I didn't realize how close I was to possibly not being here to do the pod today. So bad, but good. Wait, so how's, how's the car? It's still in Columbus. It is going to be, it's 50, 50 on whether or not, cause it's up the front driver's side tire blue on contact. And there's like slight damage to the, the hood and rims, but the frame has got a little damage too, where it's, it could be enough where the investor or what the insurance person, the auditor is going to look the adjuster. the adjuster. There it is. Yeah. Car guy, David Clavin over here. But if they come in and say it's total, it might be just as well. But I tell you, I've got a Toyota Camry in the car right now as a rental. I think I have PTSD because I'm convinced that like I, I'm losing it. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like white knuckling. I'm sweating palms. It's bad, David. Bad. I I just had, um, oh my God. You're For fine. everyone out there, I got brain fog today because it's been a long day. So, I, you know, Wally will probably edit it all out. But, you know, here I am trying to think of words. Um, is, is your insurance company covering the rental? Yes. So that's good. I have, uh, what I want to say it's thousand dollars first. It's only like 20 some odd dollars a day. And then I have to pay 20% of that. So it's 20% of, it's going to end up being a couple hundred bucks. Uh, I can live with that. And then whatever happens to my car, that's going to fall on me too. And then that's where, if God what forbid, you mean, whatever happens to your car, if they decide it's totaled, you. I'll get a check in the mail. For, for what it's worth. For what it's worth. And then I have to go through the process of buying a new car. So that part's the bitch. But I almost, Wait, it's almost the, just as good. That's a bitch. What the fuck? Like, what? I'm terrible. Dude, literally looking at somebody who can help you with that process. Well, here's the thing, too, is your process is for people with a little bit of this, a little bit that's of the green. True. That's not true. Well, we might have to, this might be a fun adventure for the podcast to to go down the road here of the next few weeks. We'll see what happens with my car. There's a chance this is all a no big deal thing. But let me give you the good news because there is good news. And David knows about it. I was so excited today. I got to shadow an awesome teammate at work. I got to go to Berea for practice for interviews with the Browns. While I didn't really get to do much because I was a shadow. It was like another one of those moments where you're like, wow. This is awesome. This is why I'm doing it. I'm poor. I'm living at a buddy's house interning when I'm 30 years old for moments like this, for what can be coming. So it's been a really crazy week of emotions, David. The highest of highs, the lowest of lows. And to be here in front of you now, it feels even better. I'm like, uh, have you heard that? But the heart rate's going like 180 right now, even just yeah, high, high energy excitement. I'm happy to be here. You're the man, David. Buddy, I get it. That's that's a cool experience. That's definitely a course correct for uh, this past week. It was like it would, you know, I'm not one of those like hippie girls that are like the universe and karma and all that. But it felt like there was balance this week, where it was like if it was that low, I needed a high like this to get me through it. And I will say it was a, it was a good high. And then I get to have the Raiders bring me right back down to earth tonight on Thursday night. Well, football. we don't know that for sure. Well, if they win, it might bring me down even harder if they lose. <sighs> That's ah, a fair point. <laughs> oh, anyways, boys, boys, it's just you and me. I've got brain fog too. You guys are troopers. If you're going to hang out for this one today, this is a, 
a fight. David even sent me one today. This is this is Kobe Bryant at, at 9 p.m. after seven practices, just fighting through some shots. All right. Yeah, well, he sent David sent right before we we started this today, just because our schedules are a mess. We finally decided we're going to get rolling at 7:15, and I don't even remember the political correspondent. What's his name, David? You might have a better idea than me. It's Bill O'Reilly. It's the good old fashioned, and everyone knows it. Every if you don't know it. Let me tell you, that's a mistake. You need to go Google Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yeah, like it is an all-time meltdown. Like arguably the best of all time. And literally just watch like that career, that moment at least, evaporate in front of your eyes for a second. Yeah, and and I let me tell you something. Wally brought it up, but like, man, four hours ago or whenever I sent it, I was like drowning in work and i literally i texted wally and i said i'm coming into this with zero preparation and then i sent the bill o'reilly gift of fuck it we're doing it live like fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> so perfect application getting, perfect application like i said this is what one of those if you're you're through it you're one of the real ones we're fighting through the weeds but we're going to roll right here with Monday Night Football in Review. We'll bang these out pretty quick. But it was a surprisingly awesome Monday Night Slate. We had two games. We were worried that they were both going to suck. Instead, we got two game-winning drives in the final minutes from the New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans. Excuse me? What? So the Titans were down 14 points with under four minutes to go. Under three minutes to go. And come back to win this game in regulation 28 to 27, 32 fourth quarter points in this one. What a crazy ending of this game. Will Levis is at least out there fulfilling some of those people that are still entrenched in his camp. And this is a encouraging win for a team like the Titans and a really scary loss for the Dolphins. This is a stupid loss for the Dolphins to to lose to the Titans who are aren't even remotely on your level. And the Titans get their first road win, which is also shocking. I mean, that's that's like, you know, two and eleven win loss record, you know, style. Hey, we got our first road win late in the season when it didn't matter, right? I just, man, this game was stupid. I don't even understand it. I, I don't. I, the Dolphins lead by fourteen with three with under three minutes left. I, I mean, like this is. That's what's frustrating, too, is, is that like, they were in a dogfight. It was a 13-13 game, and it took a weird minute stretch that made it a 14-point lead where you're like, wow, they're going to find a way to cover. Dude, the Dolphins were the worst team in this game throughout. There there are just so many stupid ways to lose when you're up by 14 with, you know, three minutes left. And, like, you know, this doesn't have near the implications, but my first thought was when in 2015 when the Bengals and Steelers played in the wild card. I think it was the wild card. Maybe it was the divisional. Was the wild round. card. The Bengals had it and gone to the divisional round. Yeah, so from so, 90 to what? So, Joe Burrow's Super Bowl year. Yeah, so the Bengals score, it, they failed the two-point conversion with like a minute and 30 seconds left. A minute and 38 seconds left maybe. And it's 16-15. And Steelers get the ball, and if you're watching in the moment, you just know the Steelers are going to win because it's Big Ben, and there's a minute and thirty left, and you just you just know. And they uh, was it an interception? Yeah, it was a perfect. Yeah, it was a perfect, got, it was a perfect a interception. Yeah, and you're like, all right, well, 
came over, right? Uh, you know, Bengals are up by one uh, point. Jero- what, Jeremy Hill? Jeremy Hill fumbles? Yes, Jeremy Hill fumbles on the second play of the drive, maybe? I think it was first. Was it, I literally, first? it might have been second. It could have been, but I think it was literally the play after the interception because Bengal fans are just like, you can yeah. need it basically at this point. There'll be 20 seconds left. Yeah, you're you're. I don't understand why you don't need. Uh, well, no, the Steelers had three timeouts. That's why you don't. That's need. That's what I mean. Well, yeah. I thought they had like. No, they had all three. I know they had all three. Going. I'll report back at the end of this because I I might have to to to. Put this it back. is like, but like so so the Steelers have. Let's say even if they have two, right? The Bengals first play out the gate fumble. Yeah, the ball why are we on this? Back to the Steelers because I'll round this all back, and this is where the brain fog comes in, folks. But this is like <laughs> that was my first thought. Uh, you know what? No, no, no. Rewind. So Steelers get the ball back with a minute and 25 seconds left or whatever after they thought the game was over. And then the game was over. They were they were about 30 yards from field goal range with 30 seconds left. And Big Ben tries to target uh, Antonio Brown over the middle at the very line of uh, field goal range. And, the CTE play. Yeah, that was a CTE play. That Like, all-timer, right? So, that was just a fun little throwback in history. But the reason I brought that up is because, I, like, that was – that's always one of my first thoughts when teams just, like, bottle a automatic win is going back to that playoff game. And then there have been, you know, 100 instances since, I'm sure. But to, to be up two touchdowns with three minutes left, I, I mean, you got to be a royally – choke artist team to bottle that like that i expect that out of the browns not a playoff contender that's got an unbelievable offense like the dolphins like we're talking about a dolphins team that could run it down your throat eight weeks ago with three different players in the backfield and and we can't run the clock out i don't know they're frauds man they are they are there's a trend the nfl in general has a lot of fraudulent contenders this year because there's just not a lot of good teams. There's going to be teams that are frauds that are even going to win a playoff game, and this might be one of them. The Dolphins, by the way, going back to your – it was 2016, and you were right, so hand up. I was wrong. I don't have a problem saying that. There were three timeouts for the Steelers, about a minute 35 when they snapped it to Jeremy Hill. It was first down, though. So Wow, man, first play I got a little gate. credit. Yeah, a little – but we'll, we'll trade the credit there. You get high fives, snaps for David, timeouts. I'll take snaps for first. But – Anyways, the the Dolphins have real trouble against teams with toughness, I feel like. And the Titans might not be good, but they are what their head coach is. And they're a tough team. And Will Levis has that team at least caring. And what he th- – this is when you're a bad team. These are the games that you care about. When you see Will Levis coming down the field, fist pumping, fired up, that's what it's about. And I was happy – for him and the Titans fans, that there's at least something out there. Stevens Packers lose a nail biter. Actually, had scored ten straight points in the final two drives of the game and take a lead in the final minute before Tommy DeVito went four for four for fifty three yards on that final drive. And the Giants ran for two hundred nine yards. It's a weird game that the Packers probably didn't deserve to win but they're going to hate themselves for not winning the rest of this year. This was a game they needed to win, not only to possibly get back into the NFC North, because talk about a fraudulent contender, the Motor City Kitties. We love you, but it's we're, we're on red flag watch. That is also big for the wild card. And they're in a 
a thick of thieves, just a den of like disgusting teams at six and seven in the NFC, kind of like the AFC at seven and six. But what were your thoughts, David? And maybe you want to read Steven's notes here. I just wanted to say that before. I love you, Steven, but the first three words are illegible, so I'm not even going to bother oh, reading Oh, you know what? Wait, okay, so I bet it's Michael LaFleur constantly fails this team. Oh, okay. Uh, I would read that out loud as how he wrote it. And again, love you, Steven. But if I read that aloud as how you wrote it, it would sound like I'm drunkenly slurring my words. So... <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe just don't say it. I I, I didn't even read this until the, right uh, now, David. The, just the, go ahead with no, your no, thing. let's 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 play it all. Uh eight jets. <laughs> so so Steve, like like Wally said, Matt LaFleur constantly fails his team. Eight jet sweeps ran in the last two quarters alone. Joe Barry can't get a defense to not only sack the most sacked quarterback the last five weeks, but allow DeVito to drive down the field twice to win the game. That is you know, I as a fan, I feel that. Um, uh, I've come to expect things like that from the Browns, but eight jet sweeps. It, here's here's the one thing I'll say about the jet sweeps. It, if you're not running eight a game, chances are somewhere in the, the – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The strategy of going into the game, there was probably a, a game plan laid out that said, you know, the New York Giants – can't defend the jet sweep. There's a there's a stat out there that says they're letting eight yards per carry on jet sweeps. And you have to imagine, if you're not doing that every game where you're not running that play five, six, seven times every game, if you're running it that much against the Giants, there's probably a game plan out there that did the research, you know, probably was wrong, but... There was probably something out there that said, you got to hammer these plays, right? Because these guys don't come into the game and just fucking scroll through their playbook like we scroll through Madden plays, right? Like, they, there's a game plan. You, There's like an off tackle. There's a, you know, they're weak against a sweep, outside tackle, run these plays. They're weak against the reverse. They're weak against, you know, uh, slant routes. They're weak against the deep ball. Like, there's, there is strategy there, right? And so my thought is, is sure, it failed them, like, royally. But my thought is, is that there was probably something there that made them think that it was the right thing to do. And most likely, it was just failed execution. And that's all I got. That's my only. I'm trying to pull it up because it's frustrating me because it's usually more accessible in, in the past few years you've actually seen the Giants and basically any team where Wink Martindale coaches, they love the blitz. They love to be aggressive. And things like jet sweeps, things like misdirection, counters, screens, all of those things go into trying to at least capitalize on an over-aggressive pass rush, rush, like rush defense, whatever. I'm sure there are things like that. To me, this was less about the Packers. Yeah, they're going to be pissed off they lost this game as they should because it – they would have been in the playoffs. If you win this game, the Packers are a playoff team. Now it's at least a little more 50-50. To me, this was the New York Giants getting back in the mix. They're far from dead in this NFC. The way they're playing, the way Tommy DeVito has this entire team playing right now, there's a belief, there's an energy. Yeah, you can do the cute little Italian hand thing that everybody's doing. But that, like when you have teams 
that are this unified that have those little slogans, have the little what hand signals, have whatever where you are drawn together. David, you remember what it was like growing up on a team. You know, like having a team that likes each other, it might not be the only thing, but damn it, it makes you a whole hell of a lot better when you guys do like each other and you're willing to go to war. And it feels like the Giants finally are looking more like the team that we saw last year, the one that Brian Dayball had playing with an attitude. And who knows, if they continue this, not only are we talking about the Giants going into next year differently, we might be having to talk about them for an 18th game, which a month ago, can you even imagine trying to tell yourself? So a couple things, right? My takeaways from this game were very different because I watched very little of this specific game. In fact, I, truth be told, hand up, I went to bed before both these games finished thinking that the opposite outcomes were going to happen. I woke up to one, holy shit, if I joke about something on the podcast, it comes true and you should bet the joke every time. We are the joke. Well, <laughs> when Steven and I did this, we were like, I, you listened to it when you were editing last week, but like, we literally, you know, he, Steven was looking up fuck, what the fucking parlay odds were. It was oh, like, you heard the circus music I put in there like, on purpose. It, yeah, it was like plus fucking 800 to bet. Moneyline Tennessee and Moneyline Giants. And we're joking about it. And you guys it. were both like, And no, I'm like, bet a dollar on it. No Throw values. a dollar on it. What? Like, no, yeah. the value's not good enough. Like, yeah. wait, Meanwhile, if you throw a dollar on it, you win like 10 with those odds, right? But I, uh, I, that's one takeaway is, you know, whatever I say, do the opposite, you win. The second is, and again, this has nothing to do with the game, to play into the Italian name, his agent was plastered everywhere in that Pinstripe fucking... Pinstripe suit yeah, with the fedora? with the fucking fedora. Oh, my God. Like, my, if I would bet my life that his father was in the mob. Like, I, I, I would bet my life. Like, how do you end up with a guy like that, right? Like, how... Like, unless that is staged... Inarticulate Italian it, noises. Right? Like... Like, you know, I just, I, I, my takeaway has nothing to do with football, but like we are living, like I, I must be living in a simulation. Like if, if I am the Truman show, right? Like I don't, things don't compute for me right now. That's just, that's a irrational fear of mine, by the way. <laughs> it's a, as we start to live more, that's a reasonable, that's not irrational anymore. Like I'm starting to think that like, <laughs> I'm I'm like in a little, you know, ant farm in somebody else's world. And this is a sick joke if it is. Yeah. Like just kill me. Anyways, the NFL's going to Brazil. The reason I bring Brazil. that up Brazil. There is a lot that I think this opens up because yeah, we've seen Germany, yeah, we've seen England, we've seen Mexico, but now we're kind of like going on this continental journey with the NFL where you can tell they're trying to take over the world, get a fan base, get fan engagement all over the world. The reason I bring that up is a couple reasons here. Who makes the most sense to play the first game here and where next? Cause you know, we're not stopping in South America. We're going to Asia. We're going to Australia. We're going to Africa. It doesn't matter when it's a matter of when I guess is the question where next and who makes the most sense, David? 
I'm kind of surprised it's not Australia first. I Okay, that was my next uh, continent. So you know what? I'll spoil that there. I think that Sydney or Melbourne or something like that makes here's, so much sense. Yeah, but here's why it doesn't make sense. That's like in oh, 20 hours of flying. So, well, depending on what team it is. It, for me in the Midwest, it's like 20 hours of flying to get there. That's why it doesn't make sense because it would be an insane – like you have to – Whatever teams would go there, you'd have to give them, like, you're playing, I don't know, you're playing Thursday night football in Australia, and you're playing fucking Monday night football the following week, or you're on a bye the following week, or the week before. I already have a a theory for you. But I'm surprised it's not Australia first, because there's actually been some, what is it, two players, three players that have come from? Basically every punter in college football. Well, you, but I'm talking about actual NFL players now. There, there's been one hyper successful player from rugby. There's been two pretty successful players from rugby. You'd think maybe you you tap into that market a little bit, but I Brazil. I what team makes the most sense? Miami and Vegas, I maybe. Maybe it, I, I've kind of a similar feeling where because I'd be just flat out lying to you if I pretended like I knew much about Brazilian culture. Agreed. I don't know who it would be. I just think that you would go with the massive brands first, whether that be like the Cowboys or even old brands that maybe don't make as much sense anymore. Cowboys like would a make team sense. like the Raiders. Cowboys. Would yeah. Make sense. Like, Here's my reasoning for Miami, and it might sound a little dicey, but. Uh, Miami has always had a really, really big Latino culture. And, you know, Brazil isn't Latino, right? Like, I'm not saying that. That's However, where, like, my, it's, I have a struggle with the – It's the, they're different, obviously. The, the cultures are, from what I know, are – you can make a link. They're not dead similar. They're not the exact same. But there's, there's a link you could make, right? So if you're talking – There's like, similarities. Right. So if you're talking, like, Miami-Dallas, uh, Miami-Raiders – you're talking Raiders, Dallas. Like I, I, I see where you're going with that. I just think the Chiefs want to be the first team that's the world's team, according to their owner and their their front office. So maybe they'd push for it. I, I mean, with Pat Mahomes as your marketing tool, I you know it makes sense. But at the same time, Dallas or the Raiders—that's a tough call. Probably Dallas or the Raiders make the most sense in terms of brand. Let's say like a worldly brand, but I just think, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got a couple thoughts on that. I, hard to say. As far as the next continent that the NFL is going to conquer, I still think Australia probably should have been up there. It's a, and not that Brazil isn't a developed country. It's just Australia probably already has a perfect stadium and Brazil probably only has a very popular soccer stadium and that's probably it look at estadio azteca in uh mexico that's the one they get and they're two miles in the air that i mean the the next one that i would pitch and i know maybe not necessarily even pitch because i again don't know how the infrastructure works in africa but the pathway program has been such an emphasis for the nfl of, of late and they've had a lot of success Maybe that's the next logical step if there is place. Because they, I understand you're not going to have 80,000 people at a game over there. But that's not the point of this. The point is to grow the game. 
I could see that. I mean, we played in uh, where did the Chargers play a few years ago? The LAFC building that had like twenty eight thousand people. You could play a game overseas for like thirty thousand. Yeah, and it be a giant deal there. So, I think that makes sense. It's way down the road. Look how long it's been since England and Europe got games, and how long it took for it to get elsewhere. Yep. It's just something that you know the NFL is keeping an eye on. They want to become a global brand. But David, we're going to go into our Week 15 picks and previews now. What the hell's going on out here? We had a rough week last week. None of us had more than one win. Right after we all were confident, we're all kicking the stones at a couple of units down right now. So we're going to have to turn it around, and I'm going to start with this Thursday night game that is already over. And I would love to tell you, I'd be happy if I'm right here, but I hope I'm wrong. I'm betting my first bet on the Raiders money line who are hosting the Chargers. They're three and a half point favorites. And David, my only reason for this is the Raiders are addicted to doing what is worse for the franchise. So of course they'll win this game tonight because it's going to ruin their draft stock. And Lord knows I was finally buying back in now that they're up to six. So here's why I don't hate that for you is that's a happiness hedge because you win either way. I want to follow your lead here. I love where your head's at. It's perfect. It makes a lot of sense. But my problem is, is I could argue the same point for the Chargers. And I hated that when you put that down here because you're absolutely right. They're as much of a disaster as anybody else in the league. But if there are two franchises who are doing the exact opposite of what they need to do, it's these two franchises. I mean, Max Crosby's literally playing on one leg. He's going to have to have major reconstructive surgery on in the offseason. And he's going out there playing his heart out every game for a 5-8 and eight bullshit team that can't even score points. Right. Like, I... Hmm. Man, that's tough because I do think the... Ra- Here's the thing. I think the Raiders win uh, because I think the Chargers... The the mental and here's here's my thinking the mental state of where the Chargers are at right your team expected to be a Super Bowl contender this year and you have flatlined and now all of your players are probably checked out because I just don't believe Brandon Staley is a great coach that has prevented that so I'm gonna go with the Chargers are probably checked out you're playing away from home. Normally, I would say that's that doesn't matter, but like the Chargers, if there's anyone who doesn't have somebody show up more than the, more than the Raiders, it's the Chargers. In terms Spin of, zone, Khalil Mack's gonna have 19 sacks tonight. Sure, Khalil Mack might have 19 sacks, but you know what? The Chargers will probably lose. I'm not betting on that for that reason. I think both teams are gonna do exactly what the opposite of what's best for them. Somehow, some this game might end up in a tie. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. Well, last week it was 0-0 in a tie when oh, Josh Dobbs Buddy, exited I tried to fucking the game black with out the Raiders. Last week, all right? I tried to black out that Oh, trust me, I, I have. Well, and the worst part, no, that's the thing. I was sober watching it. I'm an Iowa Why? football fan for the same reason. I love bad football. Big Ten football is what I've been born on. So it was good to actually watch. I would rather watch the Raiders lose 3 nothing than 45-42 to every day of the week. You are outside your mind, but you I've know, got a weird. I, I have something. Speaking of that wrong game, in here. Speaking of that game, the team that scored three fucking points, Minnesota at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a two and a half point favorite, buddy. I hate this game. I I hate a lot of games this week. This might be my least favorite because these teams are kind of 
similar in in terms of for a lot of reasons, right? Starting quarterback, prolific, injured for the season. Star receivers coming off injury or maybe just not playing well that this year. Both have secondary star receivers. Uh, both have pretty mediocre at best average defenses. I just don't want to touch this game. I don't want to touch it. You you shouldn't want to, but I'm a sick, twisted freak. I know and I'm you taking are. the Vikings money line, and I I just I feel like a hater. I like you guys. I love all the. This is how. And David, I don't know if you've gotten to this point yet, but doing this even for a little bit with our limited fan base, you get to the point where you have people telling you you like things that you don't that you don't like things that you do. I had you guys for the longest time being like, you guys, you love the Bengals. You're a Bengals owner. I have Steeler fans telling me I'm in love with the Browns. I have Browns fans telling me to go back to Pittsburgh. I have been getting each and every side of it. I'm not a hater on the Bengals. I just don't buy into Jacob Browning. I'm sorry. We need more. Remember Josh Dobbs? Remember the pastronaut phase of this team? Well, I think you could see a very similar cliff dive. And you need the offensive line to keep improving. You need Chase Brown to continue to break out. And play calling uh, for the, what, offense has to continue to put Browning in a position to succeed. And, I mean, God, the Bengals' defense has been bad all of a sudden. No Jesse Bates. And Von Bell made this, what, a bigger defensive gap Yeah, I mean, those safety, the safeties made – I mean, we lived in a world where in the NFL where safety is like, if you had a really good one, it mattered. But if you didn't, it really didn't really matter that much. And they had an elite one and a good one. Right. And I, I, I'm i with you. I didn't think it would matter this much, but it has. So take that money line. Skull, baby. Start the clap. Never. So many better. So many better bets. Like Pittsburgh at Indy. Pittsburgh's a one and a half point underdog. Uh, total set of tell me you, you smell you smell Funny, a rat Pittsburgh, line like I Pittsburgh do right money line all day long there's no Hell way yeah. there's no way that they are losing to the two worst teams in football two weeks in a row and not beating Indianapolis you could have them play a, a 13 and 0 team right now David you know how the Steelers are they'd win this week no is matter Minshew, what is Minshew starting do we didn't he get hurt he has last to week? be right Oh, yeah, I mean, even if he did, I, there's no way. I'll look it up to confirm, but I haven't heard a thing that he wouldn't be playing. Well, I'm just – let's – this is a this is the lock of the century if he's not playing. Uh, but if he is, here's the thing. Minshew's guaranteed one turnover a game, right? And who capitalizes better on, on turnovers than the Steelers, in my opinion? Like, one turnover for them could be a defensive touchdown. And even though their defense has been playing pretty piss poor as of late, I I'm not counting them out. I Pittsburgh is prime for a win here. I the spread's stupid, but I, I Pittsburgh money line all day. I've got it too. And by the way, yeah, he did have a concussion. Another one of the cases where it looked like they should have pulled him out early. Oh, that's right. Didn't he like vomit in the huddle? Oh, I didn't see that. I saw he stumbled. Yeah, he stumbled. That's right. He stumbled. I thought he vomited in the huddle or something, but he, you're right. He stumbled in. Going forever. It it happens every week. The one that is most uh, recent, it pertains to this team, is TJ Watt, who came in after his Thursday night injury last week with a visor on. And it's been 
this is a, a joke. My buddy Tyler and I, the one I've been staying in his house, we've been kind of laughing all year because we would love to make $20,000 a year to be a concussion spotter in the NFL because it's a total joke and they're a joke at their job. It shouldn't be this hard. You literally watch on television. You watch in live time. You can see the stumbles. You can see the weird things. I'm sorry. They, they, I, I, I'd love for someone in the NFL to actually be able to explain it to me. There's no way there's a minute gap from TV time to real time where it takes this long to be able to see, hey, maybe we should review this. Dude, here's the thing, though. On the flip side, I was thinking about this at this in, in real time last week is when it comes to concussions in, in let's say, the Gardner Minshew thing, like the stumble, right? So, like, Tua last year, that was egregious. That was stupidity on all accounts, right? But when it comes to, like, I stumbled back into the huddle. Did he trip over himself? Like, in real time, you don't you, – you can't just, like – quickly pull up the replay in in 10 seconds and how long do you think behind uh, a national broadcast of a game is versus when it's happening just care i don't know the answer if i'm going based off of when i lived in cleveland and when i was with mlb is the worst about broadcasts because you know blackouts and all but like i would hear the fireworks from the indians game five seconds before I watched it on TV. That's my point. Five. If it is five seconds, David, when you watch these national broadcasts, I'm sorry if a dude's stumbling after a massive hit that you're like already in your head, maybe that's something I should keep an eye on. What's the harm of pulling him out for three plays? But yeah, it's going to suck and screw someone over eventually. But when somebody but dies on the getting the field, best camera angle ever, right? Like, yeah, the, but shouldn't they? But here's the thing. What if, what you're a coach on the sideline, right? Like I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about the concussion testers in the sky but, that are watching this and calling down to the refs they, and saying he's they, not allowed. That's my point. That is they? my point that they're not. But are are they really watching? The That's same even worse. Thing? Then That's even well. And if they're not, then why not? And I I don't disagree. But here's my my problem with it is is knowing. In real time, the adrenaline, the the coach isn't looking at the the QB getting off the ground. He's he's reading his his. Take play it. I'm sheet. not even talking about players or teams. Right. Anybody but, affiliating with the team. But this all happens in like 15 seconds. So even if you're right, but why does it take eight if, plays? Even if you have a third party person watching, even if you walkie talkie down, right? They're pro- by the time it hits the person who could take the quarterback out of the fucking game, it's probably already lining up for the next play. And that's great. Either whistle down, or if you're too late, it should be one play. I'm talking about guys like TJ Watt. He has a black visor. He has this head thing on, and it takes how long? Gardner Minshew didn't put himself in until after. It's just, there. there's just complete misses. I'm not talking about the he played a snap like that's unacceptable because there it's an imperfect system. It's never going to be perfect. I just am bothered that we have to pretend that we're like really caring about the safety when it's quite obvious. Nobody does. The Broncos are going to the motor city to face the kitties and the kitties are four and a half point favorites with a total of 47 and a half points. And do not look now, David, the Denver Broncos are one game out of first place in the AFC West. 
What is happening? Spoiler alert. Wally and Steven are fucking high as a kite this week. If he's high, wait until you hear where I am on this. <laughs> Steven's got Denver plus four and a half in this game. Wally's got Denver money line, spoiling it for the crew. Yeet, yeet. I came so close to doing the exact opposite and betting Detroit money line and the spread, but I decided I can't afford to not take the easy wins this week. I think I have gone from plus seven units this year, like early on in the year to like minus eight, minus units. seven. And it's, <laughs> and it's all happened in the last three weeks. And I am, I, I'm taking the easy wins this week. So I'm not betting against them. However, at home, if you can afford to bet against them, please do. Uh, I don't care if the Broncos are one game out of first place. I think the lions are, they, they're feeling some pain of having thought they could coast out the season. And let me tell you something, they're going to come out firing in this game. And I'm, I'm confident that the lions are going to win. I am on Denver money line. And this is going to piss me off because since the Raiders left town, it's crazy, David, how often sad stats start with since the Raiders or since the Browns or since anything to do with our teams and then insert depressing stat. But since the Raiders left town in Detroit, the Lions have allowed 26 or more points in five straight games. They can't stop a nosebleed. Two of those five games were the Chicago Bears. The Lions are bleeding. And they're bleeding motor oil. I hope that I'm wrong. I hate this Broncos team. You know it. And that's why I did money line because then I can just be happy or what happy. I won or happy that the Broncos are probably close to dead. Prove me wrong. Motor city kitties. I just, I'm really worried, David. I'm not worried that they're going to win the NFC North because they're going to, but I am concerned that they're going to possibly get there and have an unfortunate quick exit, which given everything they've had, I, I would not wish on my worst enemy. I'm not counting them out quite yet. I am, however, counting out the Green Bay Packers after they spurned me on Monday Night Football. Next game, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Green Bay is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Staying far away from this bet. I total set at 41-and-a-half. These are very equal teams for very different reasons, and I'm just staying far away. I, I... this has a lot of this this has a lot of implications for both teams no matter which way it goes and it doesn't matter if you're talking about playoffs division race it just doesn't matter there there's 50,000 things that could come out of this game and if i say something the opposite's going to happen so i'm staying away from it i wanted to take green bay minus 3 and a half but it this is just a knife fight with huge implications which makes me really feel like anything can happen. I mean, this is the NFC number seven wildcard spot, and you're going to have a stranglehold on it if you end up winning this game. I think the Packers are going to. They're a better football team. And I just feel like the way the NFC South is, it'll be extra fitting if they can find a way to make this like a six and nine battle between the top three teams. But speaking of a disgusting NFC South team, The Saints are six-point favorites against the Giants, which makes me feel like I'm going crazy. Steven evidently agrees he has the Giants plus six. 
but I love to talk about rat lines. And the fact that this is a six-point spread and it makes no sense to me makes me scream or, like, in my head, think that New Orleans could win this game by, like, 10-plus for no reason at all other than Vegas knows something that I don't. What do you think? Tommy DeVito looks like a good quarterback right now, David. Why would that stop against a bad Saints defense? Because he's not a good quarterback and they've won three straight. And now they're going on the road in a tougher road environment. And the big apple to the big easy. Dude, I would, if close my eyes, 21 10 Saints. That's what it feels like to me. Going into a more interesting matchup Atlanta, three point favorites against the Panthers uh, at Carolina. Total set at 34. That's an Iowa line for you all. Again, I'm staying far away from this shit. Steven has Carolina money line. Run it back. Carolina needs to lose as many games as possible. And the thing is, it doesn't matter what they do. They still lose because they don't have their draft pick. Man, I don't know. Uh, This division, I'm not touching it because they're in a, you know, you call it a rat line in our last game. I call this division a rat race. This is, (laughs) it's, you know, for all I know, Carolina could end up the fucking division winner. They actually can't because they're mathematically eliminated, but that's what it feels like. It, if if there's a team that's ever been mathematically eliminated that could still win a division, it'd be this Panthers team in this division here. I, I just, they're eventually going to win another game because of how bad the NFC as a whole is for me. I know they only have five left, but they still have a couple division games. Desmond Ritter might be the nicest kid in the league, but you need an NFL quarterback and not a Bible salesman. And that's what it feels like you have in Desmond Ritter. And it's just like an anchor on a speedboat right now. I kind of think that Steven might be onto something, but I don't have. You a guys are on the same fucking like. We've got a wave ayahuasca today. trip this week, and I'm I'm, I'm not on the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I am not feeling it. We'll stay in the South, but this one is going to be the AFC. And David, the reason I'm going to throw it into this game is because I have, for whatever reason been very pissed off about something I learned in this game and I'm not even going to look it up on the off chance I'm wrong you guys will remind me of that I know it but the Titans the Tennessee Titans let me say that again the Tennessee Titans are wearing Houston Oiler throwbacks this week as they host the Houston Texans which is bullshit David I'm not this isn't me trying to be funny or trying to I know you're bringing you up. up. I know what you're I know, I know. And, and I know you are, but I have to at least say it so people know what I'm saying. But if the Baltimore Ravens in a universe went, uh, what they were the Cleveland Browns with Art Modell, and they went to Baltimore, and they become the Baltimore Ravens, but they keep the they name the Baltimore the Colts, uniforms. didn't they? They were the Baltimore Colts, Colts before they became the Indianapolis Colts. And then the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens. The oh, Baltimore Colts with Johnny Unitas left in the middle of the night in an offseason yeah. back when there wasn't fan protection. Yeah. And fans didn't even know it was coming. And all of a sudden they were like, hey, we're the Indianapolis Colts. How are you? <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, brutal. But for like in this scenario, think about it where Art Modell takes the Browns to Baltimore and they become the Baltimore Ravens. And the Cleveland calling the Barons become a football team because the Browns are gone and the Ravens had the audacity to wear the Cleveland Browns uniforms when the Cleveland Barons came to town. 
Can you even fathom how pissed off you'd be? Here's the thing. It'd be different, though. And there's only one reason it's different. It's I agree. I already know where you're going with this. I agree. I agree. It's bullshit, and I think it's I think it's like you said, psychological warfare, right? But here's the reason it's different. When when the when Modell took the Browns and moved them to Baltimore, they changed the entire color scheme, right? And then a year later, or two years later, a year later, I should know this as a Browns fan. But I think that he wasn't allowed to take the Browns name in the IP. Right. I right. think he wasn't legally allowed. Right. And so the color scheme stayed in Cleveland along with the namesake, whereas the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee. And weren't they actually the, were they? For one year, they were, they the, were the Tennessee, Tennessee Oilers. Oilers. Right. And they kept the I, color I guess scheme. I wasn't clear. Because I agree with your point is that they they have the legal rights to it where Cleveland never lost theirs. Right. My point is in a world that Cleveland lost it oh, when they it's, had no I, I business. It. From a from it's a, disgusting. Right. From an average viewpoint, right? It is hundred percent. I'm I'm with you. But then you really dig down deep and it's like if the color scheme like if if Modell took the Browns and took the color scheme, when the Browns came back, if they had like it would be different, right? It would be the exact same situation as what you're seeing now with Tennessee and Houston. But like when Houston started the new team, it's a totally different color scheme. Now I'm still on board with the Houston uh, Texans changing their name back to the Oilers and taking back their fucking color scheme. But and I don't do think that. they're allowed to take that. the Oilers' yeah, eye or name either. Right, you're not allowed to. So that's it's just it's a crime. What's happened? Right. Because the Oilers jerseys are top five all time NFL, but if you eliminated the Raiders, because again I'm biased and I do think the Raiders are a top five, even if I wasn't. If you took the Raiders out of it, I think the Oilers personally are my all time favorite NFL uniform. I I get that, and the Raiders are like the Yankees in the NFL. It, it's like Dallas and the Raiders are like the Yankees and Red Sox. You just have like that longevity that. That color well, scheme. There's something that... about not to be romantic because the team just went up seven nothing against the Chargers, and I can talk about wanting to lose, but you still remember it's a division rival. And David, I know you get it as a Browns fan, even in those bad years. You're like, I just want to beat these pieces of shit, mm-hmm. and I'd be very happy if we beat them. But the Raiders uniform tells a story. It tells you what they were. They were the bad boys of the NFL. They were the renegades. They were the ones that. The NFL themselves hated. They had a rivalry with the own league they were in. Like their uniforms have that pirate Raider Nation. There's a reason, like, we get annoyed when people say blank nation. It's because there's one nation. There's always been one nation. It started with the Raiders. It'll stay the Raiders. And it starts with that uniform. It sounds simplistic, but it's true. All that to say, uh, the Titans will lose this game because of this, and the Texans deserve. Uh, to win so i will be rooting for them and i'll be betting for them in my own life but i won't be betting for them here but they deserve the money line well you might not be betting that one but here's what i am betting personally but not on the podcast because obviously the whole theme of the opposite is going to happen uh jets at miami miami's an eight and a half point favorite fuck betting on miami as a spread contender i personally will be taking the jets plus eight and a half podcast i'm not betting on this game because i'm so far behind i just can't do it this is just a setup for failure right like this is 
Jets have been playing well. The defense is good enough to contend with Miami's offense. But, like, it all comes down to Zach Wilson, right? Zach Wilson, comeback season, is a thing, David. And I don't say that. uh, It's a little tongue-in-cheek. But there is a part of me for a real reason that I think that the fact that they threw him to the Wolves, we're done with you. You're not even our backup quarterback. You're an emergency quarterback. He had that lowest of low feelings. This team has given up on me. I feel like I've been done wrong. The lines suck. My coaching staff sucks. The play caller sucks. Things were basically pitted against me. Then all of a sudden, they basically have to come. The Jets crawling back on their hands and knees, begging you just to even go out there so they can have a presentable product to put out there. And he goes in carefree and confident. And I tell you what, that was the best we've seen of him in his entire career. And I get the Texans are banged up like the worst of them. 17 players on IR. But it's a football win in the NFL. We know how hard that is to get. I love what you're saying. I wish I had the stones to bet it. Because it's a weird line, uh, like we've been saying. There's a lot of them this week. But the Jets are good enough to make this a one-possession game. And if I was going to take it, I think I'd be on the JETS, 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 Jets. The Chicago Bears. Go to the land, David. Your Brownies are three-point favorites with a total 30-and-a-half. And being only three-point favorites, as we know at home, that is the three points that Vegas gives you for being a home team. Which means given with the injuries the Browns have sustained and given the fact the Bears are playing better, Vegas sees these as even teams. I understand the Browns are as beat up as any team in the NFL in a couple years even. But it felt wildly disrespectful to me that the Browns with Miles Garrett and the defense they have, duct tape and all at this point, would only be a field goal favorite against this Chicago Bears team. So I agree. And here's here's my issue with the line is the Browns are six and one at home in like two and four or two and whatever the math is, two and whatever away. So like they are very, very comfortable at home. And I am taking Cleveland money line and like I have every week this year, just, you know, I, I apparently I don't learn about the happiness hedge. I just choose to fly by the seat of my pants. Um, but uh, Cleveland money line, I, I think they beat the bears. I think this defense even hampered a little bit wrecks the bears. And I say that in the most respectful way, but like, there's no way that, Schwartz isn't going to dominate anything the Bears put out there on offense. You should feel that way too. I I know that the Bears have gotten better, but the Ryan Getze experiment still has me a little apprehensive, and I don't believe in it. I hope they prove me wrong. It's a safe place when Steven's not here to talk positively about Chicago, and I do hope that it gets better. Adam Alfonso, I got your back. I do think there's still something there with uh, what uh, Justin Fields, even if he's not the guy going forward, which I think is going to be, it's going to happen because if the bears have a top number one pick, it's going to be hard to take. It's going to be hard to leave Justin Fields in that position 
without taking a chance on a generational prospect. Another touchdown. Let's go, Raiders. 14-0. Not a big deal. Anyways, best team in football. Season started too early. Anyways, again, anyways, again. The Chicago Bears are not going to beat the Browns on Sunday. David, you're 100% right. Everybody's talking injuries. It was a talk all day in Berea. Injuries, injuries, injuries. And I just wanted to leave you guys with this story. Because if there was only about, you know, 50 people in the world that would care, it's you LOD people out there for us. I'm in the locker room today, David. And everybody's like geeking out. Amari Cooper's talking. JOK's talking. David Njoku's talking. All these great guys are talking. Good players. Who do you think I caught eyes with and wish more than anything else in the world I had the ability, the like right to talk to people today? Who do you think I saw and went starry-eyed over? Miles? Alex Leatherwood. Oh, Alex I Leatherwood he existed. is sitting in the corner in the best way I can describe it. You have Lionel Richie playing. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I lock eyes. And I wasn't allowed to do anything because I'm there as a shadow, but I'm sitting there. All I want to do is to ask this man three or four questions. Not even bad questions, but I just wanted to ask Alex Leatherwood three or four questions, David. And I know nobody else in the world would care except you. Except Buddy, you should have brought up the phone and been like, you should have been like, Alex, I got my own podcast, man. I, you're my bi- I'm oh, your no, biggest Oh, David, fan. here's the thing. I th- Trust me, I was way ahead of it. I'd been playing with it with my buddy upstairs for days. It's run like Gitmo. I was not going to go in there and get thrown out five minutes into my experience. I was like, damn it. I got to just toe the line, follow it, because all I wanted to do, I'm like, there's Alex Leatherwood. And here's the thing. You know Alex Leatherwood, if I walked up to him and was like, dude, I have a few questions for you. He'd probably do like the over-the-shoulder look, like, huh? Mm-hmm. Me? And I'd be like, yeah, you. <laughs> like, Alex, let's go into a room and talk for a little while. <laughs> it would have been special, David. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I had to at least share with you. I was thinking about you guys today as I was making locked eyes, hard eye emojis at Alex Leatherwood. Brown's money line, though. I like that, David. The Chiefs, eight and a half point road favorites going to Foxborough, 37 point total with the Chiefs involved. Patrick Mahomes is involved with the total of 37. Get a load of that. David, I see you have a bet here. What do you have? Kansas City money line. Again, free bets. This is free wins. Kansas City needs a win. New England needs a loss. It's this is free wins. I'm out here trying to what break records. My minus two point five units. I'm trying to break records the rest of the year. I'm gonna just go like what undefeated with these money line plays I have. But with the underdogs, I wish I had the stones. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are gonna get it done. Which ends our one o'clock slate, which means we want to remind you guys that this week 15 preview and picks are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you are around our age where there's college graduations, engagements, weddings, baby pictures, you name it. Feels like they are happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. 
That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram page at Sawdad and Sapphire, abbyturnerphoto.com. Sorry for getting tongue-tied there. I was too busy watching the Raiders play get reviewed. It stood 13-0, Raiders champions. It's happening next did year. They, did they miss the field goal, or we just haven't taken it yet? Extra we haven't taken it yet. I just, yeah. uh, you know, with you know the last few weeks, Daniel Carlson, uh, very consistent most of the time, but I don't. Nervous. I don't think you can be consistent most of the time. You're either consistent or you're not. You know that's fair. He's been consistent, <laughs> and then in this last month, suddenly he hasn't been consistent. So it's something I have an eye on, but I do not believe it's gonna be. He's too good. You know how like some of these guys go through a rut for a few weeks yeah, I mean, or so. Yeah, he's he's too good. He pipes fifty five yards like it's his day job. Well, that's the thing is is. is Unless you've got Justin Tucker or, you know, what seemingly maybe Young Brandon, Brandon Aubrey, I, unless you got one of those two guys, your kickers are going to go through a minor rut and you just got to, you know, push through. And Carlson's a guy you hang on to. I agree. And I think he's going to be fine. I'm not sweating it whatsoever. But a team that isn't going to stick with their kicker or didn't stick with their kicker, I should say, Greg the Leg, LA Rams who are six and a half point favorites over Washington uh, at home total set at 50 and a half. This is an ugly one for me because I think the Rams should win and should win convincingly, but it's also the commanders slash Redskins who every time I count them out, win a game. So I'm staying far away from this. Where you at Wally? I'm at the point where I think the Raiders have the 85 bears defense is where I'm at. However, what do we, you got They got another a... fumble. I, I, Max Crosby is the greatest player in the history of the NFL. He wasn't a part of that play. I just wanted to give him credit because <laughs> he, he deserves some. This is a boring game. To what you were saying, the Rams should win this game, and I think they're going to. Ron Rivera still being the coach with a month left makes very little sense to me. When you have Eric Bieniemy, and you're trying to get a gauge on who he is, this is going to be a Washington team that is hiring a head coach in about a month and a half's time. Why not give him a look? Instead, you keep running out the same boring old operation. And yeah, Sean McVay is going to get it done and they're going to beat him handily. 50 and a half points is a lot too. So I'm interested to watch. Could be the under, but um, you know, another, you said Sean McVay should beat him handedly. I'll tell you who's going to beat him handedly and it's Shanahan and the 49ers as 12 and a half point favorites at Arizona. So again, I'm playing the, I've had enough losing and I'm going to bet San Francisco money line here. Cause there's a no bigger guarantee in, in any sport right now than this game. It's as simple as that. I, I don't really have anything more to say this San Francisco. If they, if they don't win by two touchdowns, it's a bad game for them. Well, and the, the Cardinals kind of have been losing a little bit of steam. They've been, a very fun team this year, at least one that competes with anybody. And that's all you could ask for entering the year when I think most of us thought that they were going to be at best a two or three win team. And I know they're going to probably end up there, but you know, when you get you and I Raiders Browns fans, you occasionally get like a two and 15 or a three and 14 team that you're like, well, you battle with yourself. You tell yourself it was a six win team. Uh, you know, things just didn't yeah, go. Yeah, you're like, it was better than you thought, yeah. or it was a better coach team than a record showed up. And uh-huh. it feels like to me that Jonathan Gannon is a better coach. And this has been a better coaching job than he's going to get credit for. 100%. And I, 
I agree with you because the 49ers are going to win this game. I think they're actually probably going to win. It might be ugly. Mm-hmm. It really might be ugly. And it's going to be 80% 49ers fans in Arizona, which makes it even worse. 100%. What I will say is if a quarterback gets the MVP this year, I'm kind of tired of the Brock Purdy slander. I feel like I have to Thought whisper that. that. I do I'm I still a, think it's Dak right now. I'm whispering it right now because I think that it's time that we give Brock Purdy a little credit that he actually deserves. Because, all right, I was thinking earlier today, and it's it's like two different jobs. We call the quarterback, it's like a position. So we know, obviously, another touchdown. Raiders are the best team in football. How many wins does this count as tonight? Are they going to be in first place? And to the narrator says he wasn't thinking very hard. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. First place, go Raiders. First place, champions. Wait, uh, I, anyways. No, don't hit me with Wait, it's 21 nothing. I had right something now? for you. It's about to be, it's 20 nothing in the first quarter. Not a big deal. Raiders, best right, in football. So you're just watching what the Niners are going to do to the Cardinals. You're right. But my thought for the quarterback position is yes, we, it's the same position. We call it the quarterback, but we expect different things from different quarterbacks and different systems. I think that's fair to say. Like what Greg Roman expected from Lamar, from Lamar Jackson is different than a West Coast quarterback. Oh, don't that's oversell more of the, this. Don't oh, I'm selling this. it hard. No, don't oversell West Coast this. quarterback. Hear me Jimmy out. G was hear successful with San Francisco. I don't want to hear about how Brock Purdy should be the Not MVP. this successful. Not this successful. He took him to a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, and he should have won it too. And he choked it away. And that's that kills me. I don't want to hear it. This is a better team than that team. I mean, is it? Yeah. I don't know. The defense, I think, top to fucking bottom. Oh no, I agree. The defense, I think, was better then. I think this defense is banged up. I'm nervous about the back seven of this defense. And by bat worried, I mean. I think I, that a team could beat them in the NFC Championship or Super Bowl. We've already they're spent, top, we've already spent the too much time on the worst game of the week by far. Take me to arguably the game of the week where the real MVP frontrunner, Dak Prescott, is a one-and-a-half-point underdog at Buffalo. Total set at 50-and-a-half. Steven and Wally are still they're, – they're on that Hiawaska trip. Baby. They're on We're that Hiawaska trip. They got they – got, they're Buffalo. Steven's got Buffalo uh, minus one and a half. I have Dallas plus one and a half because I don't believe Dallas is losing this game. Just not a not a chance they're going to lose to a team that is that literally last week we were talking about it was if it was a miracle that their playoff hopes are still alive. I'm out on Buffalo. I am in on Dallas. Dallas plus one and a half. I'm a big proponent of EPA expected points adjusted, as you guys are aware of. Love it, too. The Bills are the second highest in the league this year. Their record hasn't reflected it. All I'm telling you is if a team like this makes the playoffs, we've seen teams like this go all the way. I immediately think of the 2006 Steelers with Big Ben in that defense that snuck in beat a Carson Palmer depleted because of his ACL injury, Kimo Van Olhoffen. God, the fucking Bengals that just get screwed me. so often in the playoffs. I know. Every Anyways. time it's against the Steelers at home, too. <laughs> yep. It, like, never gets better. But they beat them. 
Then they go to Peyton Manning's home in Indianapolis. They have the Jerome Bettis fumble game where Big Ben has that. Crazy oh, that shoe, that was the shoestring tackle game. Yeah, it was. In my opinion, outside of the throw to Santonio Holmes four years later for his second Super Bowl, it is the best player, big uh, best play of Big Ben's entire football career. That 100%. was a legacy if he play. If he doesn't, because make, of what it meant to him. But if he doesn't make that tackle by the shoe. That game's over in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. Vanderjack shanked that field goal, and he was giving shit to Adam Vinatieri earlier in the year. He was like, I'm a better kicker, kicker than Adam Vinatieri. And then Adam Vanderjack, or whatever his first name is. Buddy, I didn't even remember his last name. So, Well, because there was a stretch, David, where people, well, I guess I was young, but a lot of people thought Vanderjack could be better. But then the difference was is that Adam Vinatieri – pipes them in the postseason and Vanderjack would be the best regular season kicker of all time. And then the lights got bright and all of a sudden he couldn't find the back of the net, but I am going with Buffalo money line like Steven going minus one and a half. I just think that this means more to Buffalo. Yes. Dallas needs it to win the division. Buffalo needs us to stay alive. And when you're a cornered animal with the talent that Buffalo has, I think it's going to be a spearhead thing. I I'm worried that you're going to see Buffalo not only win this game, but have a lot of life. And David, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you look out. If Buffalo makes the AFC playoffs, they're coming out of the AFC. Uh, hard pass. Um, just, I don't, I don't believe it. I've put my faith in that team too many times. I don't believe it. I'm going to keep drinking the, what, table Kool-Aid, the snow Kool-Aid, the Bill Kool-Aid, circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills Kool-Aid. I'm drinking it. All right. While you're drinking that, I'm going to continue to dump out my Kool-Aid on the Bills and also Baltimore, who is three and a half point favorites at Jacksonville. Um, not a believer in Baltimore. However, if I was betting on this game, I'd bet Baltimore money line because I purely just I want to see what chaos happens to Jacksonville if they lose this game. Uh, I believe they are. If they lose, and who is it? The Colts win? Is it the Colts win or Houston wins? It's got to be a Houston win. Houston, because if the Colts won, they'd be 8-6. and six. Oh, maybe not. Let me check for you. I forget where these records are at, but I thought it was Jacksonville who was only one game up on the division after the collapse they've had the last couple weeks. But, I mean, this is the hardest game left on Jacksonville's schedule, and... I, for some reason, I just feel like they're going to lose it. No, no, the Colts and the Texans are both seven and six, one game out. I don't know about the tiebreakers off the top of my head for them. I don't either, but I can't imagine that Jacksonville isn't shitting their pants right now. They have to win this game, and I don't think they will. And that's what, I'm not betting on it because there's a lot of implications. But I just, if I was, Baltimore money line feels right. They're they're just cruising right now. They're not. They're a great team. I'm. I would bet against them every round of the playoffs. It doesn't matter if they're they get making the Super Bowl or not. I'll bet against them. But this is a, just a good football team that's winning games, and hard to say anything other than that about Baltimore. Maybe the kryptonite is the wild card round, and all they have to do is make the divisional round, which means the buy that they're likely to get means a lot, David, because they aren't going to be playing that first Sunday or Saturday, I guess. Of, or Monday. Jesus, I keep forgetting the NFL keeps changing. Everything that was sacred to our adolescence 
but we have a Monday night football now uh, in that first wild card game. But the Ravens are going to win. I, I just think that right now, given where the Browns are, where a couple other teams are, the Ravens have the best defense in the NFL. And the offense for under Todd Munkin has looked a lot better of late. And if it actually is good, then look out. Maybe they were talking about another super Baltimore Ravens team. But the Philadelphia Eagles have been hemorrhaging the last few weeks. They're three and a half point favorites on the road at Seattle. Pete Carroll also all of a sudden, maybe, you know, looking over his shoulder about his job too. Been quite a while where one of the best defenses for a long time has been subpar with the defensive head coach. Man, I, I think that you got to roll with Philadelphia if you're going to bet here. There's no way they're going to allow themselves to keep continuing to fall off like this. But you could say the he, same thing about the Seahawks, though. Even though they're leaking over, they've yeah. lost four straight. The yeah, but I like, mean, this is I love Geno, but for the record, Stephen has over forty-seven and a half. But David, why are you so all right? If you're arguing Seattle, I, I would I'm not. I don't pick. think Seattle's going to win this game. I just <laughs> I'm simply playing devil's advocate, as you can argue. Yeah, I appreciate that. Reason, I'd love to hear devil's advocate. Actually, the reason you can convince yourself the Eagles are in a must-win situation is the same reason you can convince yourself the Seahawks are in a must-win. Seahawks have lost four straight, and they're in a uh, conference where if they win, if they win out, they're in for sure. If they go three and one, they might be in. Like, I, they're in a must-win to make the playoffs right now. And I got a sports trope for you. Is it a must-win for Seattle or a can't-lose? It's the same. Th- I, 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 it's I, my favorite trope in sports. Is it a must win or can't lose? There's so many like that. Or do- like, it's a must sides. win. If you, it's a must win, and, and because you got to beat a good fucking team to to show everyone you're worth the time in the playoffs. But I, the Eagles have lost two straight. They're, I mean, if they don't win the division, I don't think this team is uh, making it past the divisional round. I, I that might be a hot take. I, I just like I don't. I, this team's got to win the division. I, it's just flat blank. Period. They got to win the division. They're going to win the division too. I don't think the Eagles lose another game in a regular season. I do think they're going to come into hard times. Come the divisional round on. I don't think that if they do make the Super Bowl, it'll feel like last year, where last year was like they steamrolled their way in and felt like they were on top of the world. I think it's going to be more of the, like, look behind you gasping for air. Like, you just had to, like, collect bodies to get here. And it was tight game after tight game. It could almost mean, like, more of a, I guess, high ceiling thing because they'd have to overcome a lot. But they're not the best team. I think that you can make a case they're the third or fourth best team in the NFC. I'd love to see the Eagles play the Lions at some point because I think that it's a fraud off. For the record, Steven has an over of 47 and a half. I don't know if we said that. I said it at the beginning, which is perfect because when we were yelling at each other, I slid it in and nobody noticed, which it's probably good that you threw that in there. That's, you know, you got to watch where you say you slid it in and nobody noticed. I'm just saying. It's sure. It's 2023. That will bring us to the end of another episode of Lost It Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at Loss of Down. And retweet us on Twitter at down underscore loss. Remember, this episode was brought to you by Abby Turner Creative. We are a member of Bruce Cruz Podcast Network, brought to you by Snapmare Productions. David, 
Do you have any parting words for us today? Not a single one. <laughs> Not a single one. All I have is I'm so happy to be here. I love all you guys. I love all of you listeners. I have to say happy birthday to my mother who turned probably 35 yesterday. And then I heard an awesome quote this week that I just had to share because I it's the first time I heard it, David. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. What kind of 1940 born person said that to you? I wish I could tell you who said it. I heard it and I was like, you know what? That is true. If you got a problem, you ain't gonna, you ain't getting the WD-40. You ain't getting the grease if you don't say something. Gotta squeak a little. You got a problem in your life, you gotta squeak a little. So squeak off all you want, David. That's all I have for you. I love that. If you got red paint, paint the barn red. Mike Tomlin to the Raiders. Love you guys. (laughs) What an end. Also, buddy... And welcome back to another episode of Lost and Oh, that was good. I felt it coming. I'm like, am I going to waste my time? Please end the podcast with that. After it fucking cools out, just fucking play that fucking clip. It might just happen. Go Raiders.